0: Well, you better get ready,
1: bow to the masters,
0: break it down. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle, episode 2, series 2, 2019. Thanks for joining us. Folks, uh, Lyle Walshy, g'day to you guys.
2: I'm first, not Lyle. Why are you saying Lyle's name first? There's a genuine order that we usually go in.
0: There's very, a hierarchy. Very good. Well, well you, how are Tony? you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great, Excellent. mate. It's good to have you back it's, in the it's studio. It's nice you've decided to wander in today. Oh, well, I thought I'd better keep you guys in line. I heard last week's show and, well, it was pretty spectacular. I wouldn't say it was as professional as I would like. Do <laughs> You know what I did here
2: on today. last week's show? Someone went into business
0: for themselves with the entrance music. No, no, no. no hang on a minute. I gave, I gave fair warning to everyone that regardless of what the decision was on the Macho Man versus NWO, the Macho Man's music was going to be played.
2: That's the basically the definition of going into business for yourself. <laughs> it's a
0: democratic process.
2: Macho, I'm the biggest Macho Man fan in the room, and I stand by the process, as disappointed I was, as I was, in my pick
3: not getting up. And you know I would have only played Wolfpack anyway, so I would it's true. have played the wrong song. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the only reason I'm upset, Tony, because me and JXT would have loved to hear Wolfpack again.
0: What's the news, guys? Um, great show last week. Thank you. Well done. I want to.
2: law you did a great job with that Jimmy Havoc interview. I don't often give you compliments. No. And uh, listening back to last week's show, I, I, I did notice how few I do give you. I want to give you one. You supported Andy Coyne very well with that interview. <laughs> you did.
3: <laughs> you set that up. No, hey, that's still praise. I'll take that. And being second to Andy is it's not a bad thing.
2: It was a great show last week, though. We had Jimmy Havoc, our biggest guest we've ever had. We
0: had danders as a guest host he's a uh, and vulcan take exception of that
2: well they're well known in australia yeah yeah, too. good yep. too. Yeah. and we're greg from the v plus uh who we were talking about the potential uh performance center possibly in in australia and we did continue that chat over at the v plus so that you'll be able to see a link to that on our facebook page if you check that now okay cool it's
0: there and ready to go uh what's on today we've well, we got a massive show today lyle Wow, you say uh, well, you speak about you speak about big names,
3: big 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 names, not just in the wrestling, in the yes. podcast. Well, I thought yeah.
2: now, well, we speak to Tali, Tali. Oh no,
0: Tali's big.
2: She's just come back from the like, Black and Brave yeah. with Seth Rollins, where she and she's come back a different worker, and it's, I'm really interested to pick her brain on that. But yeah. there is a second guest, which who I suppose is okay.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, you want a guy
2: called Bruce Pritchard? Brother Love,
0: yeah, Brother, brother Love. Yeah. Oh. We're really looking forward to that. You guys recorded that last week, so we're really looking forward to that. He's it, coming out for a tour here of Australia in the next few weeks. Isn't at it?
3: the end of March, twenty second, twenty yeah, third, twenty okay. fourth, I think. But it did. That... Yeah, we will look up those dates and give them
2: to you on the back end of that Beauty. interview. That <laughs> was. Um... Well, I'm not prepared, but
0: it did record,
2: didn't it?
0: it we, yeah, yes, no, it, it did. no, actually, I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> oh, I'm so I nervous. have heard
2: it back. It... I listen back to it because I like the sound Were of my own impressed? voice. Well, with my parts, I am. Bruce left a lot to be desired. <laughs>
0: All right, Time to catch up with our first guest, though, tonight, guys. And, of course, you mentioned her name, Tali, and she joins us on the line now. day, Tali. Hello. How are you guys? Excellent, thank you. Excellent. How's your 2019 start been?
1: It, uh, very hectic. <laughs> it's been very, very crazy.
2: <laughs> You'll be becoming quite acquainted with the airport this year, it looks like.
1: Definitely, definitely Sydney Airport's my best friend at the moment. Um, I've definitely hacked the system. I put up a tweet about I've hacked the system on how to take more than seven kilos of carry-on onto the plane without getting noticed. So oh, explain
2: that! I wouldn't be drawing That's attention to that.
1: And <laughs> I'm going to get busted now from it, but <laughs> no, it's pretty, It's simple. You just got to wait until like the final call, and then everyone packs up and they go, and you just like chill, and then you just rush back on. You just like sneak past them.
2: So you wait like call your name over the loudspeaker.
1: Uh, haven't
0: happened yet. <laughs> and you and you are right. Nine out of ten flight attendants listen to our program, so you've just got <laughs> yeah, no, your no, cover that now. Now.
2: <laughs> now I know that I told you that we we're going to get you on here to talk about wrestling and things like that, and we will get to it. But you created a furor online uh, in the last week uh, with the the great chicken nugget debate. <laughs>
1: I'm very passionate about the chicken nugget.
2: Yeah, but you're also very wrong.
1: <laughs> oh what! <laughs> Triggered. Explain, no. explain. I. Well, t- oh, okay. You,
2: you tell us, tell us, Tully, where, how this came about.
1: All right. So it actually came about with me and my partner. He he reckons that McDonald's chicken nuggets are the best. And he's whereas right. I, I strongly disagree, and I believe that Red Rooster chicken nuggets are the best. And it's just it's just the crumbed like crumbed chicken nuggets are just where my heart lies. And red roosters just never done me wrong. They're crumbed, they're always warm and juicy. And McDonald's chicken nuggets—you can tell that they've just been lying there for ages, and they're just not as good.
0: Can I can I tell you that Scott McLaughlin, who is a V8 supercar driver who won the championship this in 2018, fit 28 chicken nuggets in the V8 supercar trophy McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so just to add, just okay, to add to the chicken nugget impressive. stats. Um <laughs> that's
1: actually pretty impressive.
2: So I guess it depends on how you're judging the chicken nugget because for me I can't get past the fact that I'd be inside a Red Rooster store and I don't like Red Rooster at all. Um <laughs> I like Red Rooster. It's cheese. either some of their food's really dry and the rest yeah. of their food is really soggy and there's no like happy medium with uh Red Rooster. No, that-
1: no, that's that pretty true. I kind of only go to Red Rooster to get nuggets. I don't get anything else, really. They have recently introduced popcorn chicken, which is it's okay. I will mm. say KC is better, but their nuggets are still winning my heart.
2: And where, where McDonald's nuggets win me over is the fact that they've got the superior dipping sauce to the other brands. Oh, um,
1: see. Mm.
2: Are you a non-dipping sauce person? Because my girlfriend doesn't doesn't say, use yeah. dipping sauce. <laughs>
1: I am a very picky eater, just in general, and I don't like sauces. I eat, like, tomato sauce, and that's
0: about
2: it. <laughs> uh, so I don't like barbecue sauce anywhere except the McDonald's Nugget
0: barbecue sauce. Mm. I had some ah. on the way here. Uh, just a, no, a fi- well. <laughs> if, if I can give a final word. The only thing that I like <laughs> out of Red Rooster is their Hawaiian pack. Half a chicken with a piece of pineapple and banana that have been deep fried. Mm. So that bad. is true. Disgusting. The deep
1: fried pineapple is pretty nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> so, uh, to finish the story, uh, most of the fast food chains bought into your debate.
1: Oh, did they really? They did. They did. So, um, it really sparked a lot of opinions of people that I wasn't prepared for. And then everyone started tagging who they believed was the more superior nugget. And then KFC was getting involved, and then Hungry Jacks was getting involved. Because they were left I'm still off, Still waiting for. Yeah, yeah, I didn't include Hungry Jacks. I've never, never actually had Hungry Jacks nuggets. Like, yeah, you're missing nothing. On <laughs> but, right, that's fair then. thank you. <laughs> but um, I'm still waiting for Red Rooster to back me up. I'm trying my hardest to support them and they're not backing me up on it yet, but we'll get there.
2: I would have thought Red Rooster would be throwing some free nugs at you because, uh, you know, professional wrestler Tali, the face of Red Rooster Nuggets. It's, uh, I
1: know. And you will work right, for on Nuggets. On- I legit I will
0: like a, a nuggets and a handshake and I'm good you gotta go over to uh, Dubai or something like that and work for gold nuggets I think they'd pay the yeah. <laughs>
1: people over. nah don't want those I want red roots
0: nugget.
3: alright are we gonna no we're done gonna, with, we're, we're done it. with the food stuff to move on to rest for now right.
1: <laughs> for now we'll come back
3: um Just want to touch on your recent MCW debut from the previous weekend. How how, how was that? Well, second, it's the main roster main show debut, but yeah,
0: we call Glow. Glow
3: is different. It's it's
2: it's Glow is
1: different. Glow was um Glow was amazing. I was very honoured to have been asked to do the Glow show, um, and I've heard nothing but good things about that. So that's always good. And then they asked me to come back and do the main show, which is always, I think, every Australian wrestler. Aims to someday be on Melbourne City Wrestling. And so that was a wonderful moment. And um, I do remember backstage, I think that was the nervous I've been in a very long time for a match because it was either kind of do or die for me. I needed to make a good first impression on a lot of those people. And, um, yeah, apparently everything went really well. I was really happy with it. And we'll see what what happens from here.
3: Just just with the, the glow show, I... Are you hearing great praise from the bar staff from when you and Avery <laughs> f- smashed a fair few glasses and there was a lot yeah, of beer spilt there? Yeah.
1: There was a fair few. I remember um, I tried to throw – so originally I tried to throw a glass of Coke at Avery and uh, it out She would out have my avoided
2: hand. anything without alcohol, yeah. Avery.
1: <laughs> it slipped out of my hand and then it smashed on the ground. I was like, all right, off to a great start. And then um, we went. We made our way to the bar, and then I think she knocked over a cup as well, and that broke. So I was like, "All right, sweet, it's not just me then. She's in trouble too. If we get in trouble for this." Um, and then we asked for well, initially we asked for just a small a small thing of beer, and then they gave us like the huge pints of beer, which I wasn't prepared for because I actually hate beer, <laughs> and. Um, they gave us like the darker colored one and the normal colored one. And so I gave her the normal colored one. Oh, thinking no. That, the that's darker a, that's one. A, thinking uh, the darker one would be better. Rookie because mistake. It, <laughs> it,
2: looked,
1: it looked like bourbon and I love bourbon. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Maybe it will taste the same. And no, no, I was very much wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a rookie mistake. The lighter the beer, the lighter yeah. the flavor usually.
1: I've learnt that now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, I I was unlucky. Both times you've come and wrestled for MCW and GLOW, I haven't been in the crowd. And I think it's the only two shows Aww. I've missed in six months. But I did catch the GLOW uh, match with Avery on demand. And you two had really good chemistry. It was a really fun match. And um, I've heard good things from a lot of people. But the beauty Ow. of those shows is it gives MCW a chance to bring you know workers and like you down and have a look at you and and give you that opportunity to impress to to yeah. get onto the main show
1: yeah exactly and um that's very much what I felt it was as well it was a moment for them to see what I can do um and then see if they would bring me onto the main show so I was very nervous for that show as well and um, I remember just before or a few hours before the show actually started, it was initially just meant to be me and Avery. And then they changed it because we had all the, we wanted to do the, the beer spot and all that. And then they changed it to the fours count anywhere. And I was like, all right, this is it. <laughs> this is my single <laughs> <or> swim moment.
2: <laughs> um, and any anytime you can share a locker room with Tessa Blanchett is a really good thing as well, yeah. I'm assuming.
1: Definitely. I learned a lot from her. I actually was on the FWA show with her the day before that where we tag team. So that was an, an amazing opportunity. And um, then, yeah, to be on the same show with her the next day as well was hectic. Just to hear what she had to say and just watch her plan her matches is incredible. Um, I would say the one of the main things that actually took away from her, though, was contouring my abs. So thanks, Kessa. <laughs>
0: Every female wrestler we've spoken to through our first year of podcasting is so excited about the way wrestling's going now and and the future for women wrestling. And you can just hear it in your voice, Tali, at the moment that the future is exciting. The way you're talking about your wrestling and your your love of it, it's really – it it catches on. Definitely. Oh, that's good
1: because I do love it a lot and um, 100% – Female wrestling, especially in Australia and, like, even, like, outside of Australia, but especially in Australia at the moment is just peaking and we can only go up from here. I think all of the female wrestlers we have in Australia, we have such a strong card of female wrestlers at the moment and they're everyone's making names for themselves and I'm just so proud of everyone.
2: <laughs> and you won a title last weekend. Let's not forget that. I Venom did. Pro. I
1: did win a title. <laughs> that was fun. So Venom Pro Wrestling, I... Uh, Indy Hartwell, so got my revenge from MCW to win that belt, so that's always good.
0: Yeah, well, she's really disappointed about that. His favorite wrestler is Indy, so that's his gutted to hear you say that.
1: Sorry, and then um, one of the guys in the crowd after the show said that I was very impressive, right to Indy's face, (laughs) so I think I'm going to have to start taking on that mantle now. Impressive Uh Charlie. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, that won't go down well. Um, but, yeah, working, working Indy a couple of nights, uh, a couple of weeks in a row, uh, is, is it when you get in the ring with someone more often, obviously uh, you get a feel for them. Do you feel like uh, Indy someone you could work with a lot?
1: Oh, 100%. I would say that um, me and Indy would be able to, given the opportunity, would be able to put on a hell of a match. We're both very tall for women, so that's always great, and we're both very strong hitters. So, um, just me and her given 10 minutes in a match, I reckon we'd be able to just punch each other very hard and the fan would, the fans would go away remembering that match.
2: And recently you went over to work with Seth Rollins' school, Black and Brave. Um, and I just wanted to know how, uh, how that came about, what motivated you to, to make that investment in yourself?
1: Yeah, well, um, I knew that I needed to do something outside of Australia. I feel like I was going through this moment where I was in a bit of a plateau, and I'm like, "There's, I need to change something. And I know everyone was going to Lance Storm, and everyone's going to all these popular places, but I hadn't heard many people actually try Seth Rollins' school. And WWE is where I would love to end up. That's my, I think that's most people's end goal. So, to go and learn from someone that was in WWE at the moment and one of their top guys would be life changing. I'd be opening up so many doors to me, opening my eyes to so many new avenues. And um, I saved up a lot for it. I went in a. I was losing a lot of money saving, but um, <laughs> it was worth it in the end. And um, yeah, I, I'm so glad it was the best decision I've ever made.
3: Yeah, you can tell when you, you've come back with you know, the, the new ring attire, the new look, the reinvesting of it in yourself. I've got one question about Black and broke. How was Seth's mum?
1: That's what I asked Jackson. <laughs> she was a sweetheart. <laughs> I didn't get many opportunities to actually um, meet her officially. I mean, I saw her a few times. We had a brief talk, but from those moments and from what other people that spent more time with her said, she was a sweetheart.
2: What do you think was your main takeaway? I don't know. You would have taken away so much from that experience. But what, if there's one thing that you'd tell you know, a worker here um, that you've brought back from that experience, what would it be? Uh,
1: the main thing was definitely just don't give up. There's a lot in wrestling that I still have to learn and I still need to work on. And a lot of the stuff we were training with at Black and Brave was, quite frankly, things I couldn't do or things I was struggling with. And, um, but the main thing was I just kept going. I, even if I knew I wasn't going to do it a hundred percent or I wasn't going to do it as well as the guy before me, I still went in, gave it my all. And, um, from that, even Seth was pleased. Seth even told everyone, like, if you get tryouts, if this thing's happened, then they're not after you to be perfect. I mean, if you're perfect, that's great, but they wanted you, they want you to be coachable. They want you to give up. They want to be able to. Give you advice and see that you're working on it so that's the main thing I've come back to Australia with is be able to take on advice and improve
2: and your um, performances to um, the audience they seem to have uh, improved dramatically mm-hmm. since you got back how much of that do you put down to the extra work you're doing and how much do you put down to the extra confidence that you've gained from the experience
1: Yeah, like I would say exactly like you said, extra confident and just being able to get more opportunities, working new people, working more often is definitely the top two things I would credit everything to is once you start working more people and like get a new look like I did, get new gear, all of that stuff, your confidence just goes up and once your confidence goes up, everyone else can see it and then your matches just look better, they feel better. And you're, everyone else starts noticing that. And then your next minute, you're getting booked every weekend.
2: And it's vital because you're stepping in the ring uh, when you are getting booked every weekend. Most weekends, you're stepping in the ring with someone who you've never met, let alone gotten yeah. in the ring with before. So that confidence will carry you a long way.
1: Yeah, exactly, and even those people, people I've never met before, never worked before, I can learn new things from them, see how they put together a match, see how what they like to do, what they think would work well for me, and go out and give it a go, and then I'm using those spots in my future matches, so it's always a, a learning opportunity.
0: Well, she mentioned sharing a dressing room with Tessa Blanchard, but you've sort of gone one further than that, haven't you? Tag teaming with Tessa in, <laughs> uh, in barrel last year, that must have been amazing. Yeah. Also, to work to work in the ring as a tag team partner with her.
1: Yes, definitely. So Tessa is actually what I would credit as one of my like body goals. Like I, would, I think every female wrestler would love to look like Tessa. <laughs> like she just looks amazing. And so being able to be in the ring next to her made me feel a little inferior, but um, it was it was amazing just being able to watch her wrestle, being able to hit the tag team and being able to hear everyone cheer for her and at the end of the match hugging her, it was just, it was amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I know that Indy credits Tessa with a lot of her uh, success and a lot of her, and she's learned a lot Mm. from Tessa. So anytime you can align yourself with someone Mm. who even though Tessa's really young, she's done so much and she's born in the business, you've got to take those opportunities.
1: Exactly, take what you can get and like ask as many questions as you can ask, just take in as much as you can and that's definitely what I try to do.
3: I just want to take you back. I think it was 2017. I want to ask you what your experience was like. I think you had a four-way ladder match at Hunter Valley.
1: Uh, yes, I do remember that, yes. <laughs> what,
3: what What was that like?
1: I was so excited. <laughs> um, I was very, very excited for that. Um, everything went well, and I think it was amazing because me and Mortar at that point had worked a lot of like a lot together and we put on a lot of good matches so we knew each other really well that was also the first time I'd worked Avery so it was amazing to see what she did and just her whole character at that point she's so different from what a lot of people are doing and just being able to watch her do that was amazing I'd worked Kelly before that as well but um, all four of us in that ring had a different, a different character and a different thing that we brought to the table and to be able for all of us to get that opportunity I think we were the main event fatal four-way ladder match for the women's belt was a huge opportunity for us so i'm really glad that i got to be a part of that
2: yeah that's um i actually need to find that match now yeah. no you can find it <laughs> online.
1: it was very very good i'm i like to think back at that
2: uh we were talking a bit earlier today uh online and you mentioned that uh in your home promotion you may have had a uh, um an unfortunate <laughs> wardrobe malfunction now Oh. As as a female competitor in front of a crowd of mostly, you know, drunk men of Janet Jackson yep. proportions, <laughs> I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll go through that, but um, what, what's going through your mind in that in that moment?
1: I was terrified. Um, like I think not the men thing obviously was the thing, but that wasn't what I was on my mind. With at the time, that was the first time that a lot of people. In my hometown, had seen me wrestle, and I grew up in a very small town. So, growing up, everyone knew that I was that one girl that loved wrestling. Everyone else had grown out of it, and I was that one girl that was stuck in the wrestling phase. Like, I'm going to be a wrestler. And then, a lot of them, that was the first time they'd actually seen me be able to live my dream. And um, so, it was me and Morta. I picked her up for my Alabama Slam, and I think she had just put her hand a little bit too low not like right on my back to put him a little bit more on my butt and then as she was like squirming to get out of it, she just pulled my pants down and mm. I was I was holding her up. I had my arms on her legs and I was about to do the move and I'm like, I can't let you go. You're gonna fall. My pants are down in front of all my friends and family. This is great. Oh, no. I was just I was so terrified. I just had to hit the move, quickly try and pull my pants up and pretend nothing happened. But uh yeah, there was there was video evidence and all that afterwards, so that's always great. Oh,
2: it can't oh, get worse. It can't yeah. get
1: worse. <laughs> I think that's the worst um, wardrobe malfunction I've had so far, and hopefully it's the only one I've had. So
0: And the great thing the career's just suddenly got better from there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So once the pants went down, you know, people started noticing it. more. Yeah, exactly. Someone told me someone told me that earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, we do have uh, I got a listener question here that we got through Instagram. Um, from Lauren Uh Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you balance training and eating with your everyday life?
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question, It's a really Thanks. good she's question. Actually, she's actually my friend. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, she was the one that done all my uh, photo shoots for me. So thank you, Lauren. But, um, so yes, actually a wonderful question. It's very hard. I work full-time. Uh, try and fit in my gym schedule in the middle of that, try and make wrestling training, try and wrestle, try and eat clean. So it's very, very hectic. I'm very fortunate that my partner is a wrestler and kind of in a similar boat as me. So me and him really try and support each other as much as we can uh, with meal prepping and just trying to encourage each other with eating what we need to eat. Uh, especially since one of my goals with wrestling is I'm trying to be, like, a big, strong girl, so trying to build muscle at the moment, so I've got to eat a lot more than what I'm used to. Uh, so I'm very grateful that I actually have his support system to be able to eat as what I need to and maintain work and balance the gym and all of the other stuff I've got to do.
3: I actually think with the work hectic and life, oh, this is why Red Rooster have won out. They deliver. <laughs> They've got <laughs> a delivery ah, yeah, service, that's why the Nuggets exactly. have won Exactly Good point Lo, you had to listen mm. to a question as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, I had a, yeah, just touching back on Black and Brave uh, One of our really big fans <laughs> on Facebook, Jackson Kelly He just wants to know, <laughs> did, did you meet Seth Rollins?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, my three months there, I never got to meet Seth I only got to meet this random guy called Colby uh, but, <laughs> but They look <laughs> no, a lot alike then, <laughs> they do, they do. People get them very confused, um, but no, he was a he was a sweetheart. <laughs> he was lovely.
0: All right, Tali, we really thank you for your time today. Congratulations on the championship you won. Uh, last Thank week. Thank
1: you so much. And Thank you so much, guys, and b- thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. We'll see you down in Melbourne uh,
2: for Underworld. I don't mm-hmm. don't know if you're yeah. sure what you've got yourself in for there. You'll enjoy that.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't think I have either. They've sent me through some matches of some of the stuff they've had before, and I think I agreed to it a bit too early. But <laughs> we're in there now. We'll see what happens.
3: Just join the claw. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
3: And just before you go, you want to get your social media out there? Oh, I know yes, you've good. opened up a, a merch store recently as well i
1: have yes yeah so you can go and buy the official harley merchandise at my big cartel store at harley big cartel i actually do have some new t-shirts that are dropping soon and so keep an eye out for those ones all the other stuff is in clearance at the moment and you can follow me on twitter at harley official and on instagram at Starly with an extra e
0: fantastic Tali. thank you so much for your time look forward to seeing you down in melbourne again shortly Thank you so much, guys. Have a good night. Tali joining us here on the Turnbuckle Break. Back with more in just one tick. Music of Brother Love brings us into our second segment here. First of all, boys, Charlie, fantastic little interview there. She was great.
2: Yeah, really she good. She was. Yeah. Uh, we probably spent half the interview talking about nuggets, but, you know, I'm
0: about for some nuggets. Well, that's yeah. right, No drums at all. Uh, who wants to do this in- introduction? Uh, it's it's a pretty special one. You can introduce it, because
2: we're in the interview.
0: Yeah. You can introduce the three ah, of yeah, us. Yeah, right. Well, I wasn't here, unfortunately. I was up in Sydney. Uh, working... No, I wasn't working. You were with your family. I was my son uh, do some baseball. Last week, we had the opportunity of catching up with Bruce Pritchard, or as uh, other people know him as Brother Love, just one of the uh, big names in the business, as well as uh, the business of podcasting too, just massive over in the States. Let's have a listen to Walshy and Lyle, catching up with Bruce Pritchard, Brother Love. Walshy well, and Lyle here from
2: On The Turnbuckle, and we are joined by the one and only... Bruce Pritchard. Thanks for joining us, mate. Well,
4: thanks for having me. And yeah, there is only one that I know of,
2: so that'll work. Some people would say that's a good thing.
4: Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There can only be one.
2: It's an amazing uh, opportunity for both of us. We listen to you uh, every, every week. Yep. um, With Conrad. And it's been an amazing insight. Uh, how did the podcast? Well, come, thank you. How did the podcast come about in the first place?
4: We started it. Uh, you know, I uh, worked with Conrad. We worked at mortgages and did some different things. We always would sit up and, and talk, and he would ask me a lot of questions about wrestling. It's just kind of, hey, you know, what happened when? And we would go back in time, and I would tell him the, the stories of things that took place. That. You know, he had only the only um only things he had ever heard is what he read in in gossip magazines and, and things like that. So it's uh he wasn't very well informed in that regard, and I would give him the, the stories of what really happened. He looked at me one night and says, Man, that's a podcast and I laughed, telling him that that's something that would never happen. I, I didn't feel that I would be comfortable sharing a lot of my stories, nor did I think anybody would want to listen and or care. So we started to do it to sell some mortgages, and and it, it really took off. People were listening, and, and people cared, and we got advertisers that climbed aboard and decided to sponsor us and move forward. So it was a lot of fun.
3: Well, While we're uh, talking about Conrad, um, he tends to throw... Triple H under the bus any chance he gets for marrying the boss's daughter. One thing I've noticed is he the Triple H of podcasting now that he's married Ric Flair's daughter.
4: Well, I guess I guess that could be. You know, uh, who knows? I think that. It's, you know, it's it's in vogue sometimes to look at people and, and say that, well, they, they did this for this reasons without really knowing that person or knowing the situation. And everybody is, for the most part, going to have somebody. So uh, no matter who is put in that position, I think that accusations of people are going to think one thing or another. And it's not necessarily fair when you, you know the situation. And it's uh, it's always funny to me that people jump to the conclusions with Triple H. I think that uh, Paul's one of those guys who would be in the position he's in, even if, no matter who he was married to. So um, it just happens to be the boss's daughter. And that's the that's cross you bear when you go that route.
2: Yeah, I think that um, most, most WWE uh, fans now tend to praise Triple H and want him to be in charge. So his ability with what he's done at NXT and with the UK division has proven to the outsider what you guys would have known all all along with his uh, mind for the business.
4: Yeah, and, and he does have a good head for the business, always has. Uh, the fact that... Again, he married into the family and married you know, into the company, if you will. I think that gives people the ammunition to say, oh, well, he had ulterior motives. Um, he always had designs on doing exactly what he's doing right now, and he had the creativeness, the input, and worked just as hard then as he does now. So, again, people don't know that. They look at him, well, he's part of the clique. Well, he did this. He busted his ass to get where he is, and that's a lot of time jealousy, uh, speaking on the part of people that don't really know.
3: And he's still busting his ass, keeping himself in very good condition while running two divisions. so yeah, obviously he's got a good work ethic. Exactly. Yeah, the first time we would have uh, most Australians
2: would have seen your work uh, was probably WrestleMania Five. That's the most memorable one for me uh, as a as a young person. What was it like, uh, firstly being in, on WrestleMania's card, and secondly uh, that uh, back and forth with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper?
4: Well, working with Piper, that that was just a dream come true. The ability to be a part of WrestleMania that was unbelievable. So, being in that position and being able to work with the guy that i basically in a lot of respects copied and i patterned myself after in roddy piper that was a thrill it was an honor to be put in that kind of a spotlight that kind of an event was just um it was a dream come true it was the best way to describe it and i was nervous as hell but it was an awful lot of fun along the way
3: and uh at at this point of your career, what would you say you're more proud of? Your brother love character or how well the podcast has gone?
4: Wow. Um never had it put to me like that. I would have to say that the way that the podcast has has gone because it's based on just me. And it's based on just me and my body of work. So that is pretty humbling for me to think that people have supported the the way that they have and really gotten behind the podcast and that they care i think that's a that's a really neat deal
2: because the podcast if if a lot of people uh on paper it would sound like a really dry podcast but when you listen to it your personality and your dynamic with conrad really comes across and that's where a lot of the joy in listening it comes from is the recurring jokes and uh, I'd recommend anybody who hasn't checked out something to wrestle get on it now
4: well it's, it's something that kind of has gotten over, over time but it's it's easy for us because we just turn on the microphones we pick a subject and have somebody do the research and we go so there's not a lot of um, before we would talk a lot Prior to Now it seems like about the only time that we get to even talk uh, is when we're doing the podcast because we're both so busy on the other side of things. And that makes it sound like exactly what it is. It's just a conversation between two friends that are discussing a singular subject from two different points of
3: view. Yeah, it definitely carries the conversation because some episodes can go from you know two and a half hours, some are four and a half hours depending on the subject?
4: Well, we broke it, yeah, we broke every rule. They told us when we first started with the podcast, whatever you do, you know, the the podcast is guest dependent. So you're gonna do well depending upon what kind of guests that you have. Well, we don't have guests. The second thing they told us is don't go over an hour. No matter what happens, the, the maximum length should be 60 minutes. we've done three- and four-hour podcasts. I don't think we've uh, ever, except for the first one or two, I don't know that we've ever done just an hour podcast. Uh, Then they told us not to curse, and obviously that didn't work out really well either. So everything they told us not to do, we did. And that seemed to work for us and work out all
2: right. And it sort of led the way, because now a lot of of podcasts are now going uh, extended, Time. So you've obviously been a trendsetter in that.
4: Yeah. And again, we don't, we're not going to extend the time unless the subject matter warrants it. And if there's enough there to, to talk for three hours, then we're going to go for three hours. If it's only an hour and a half or two hours, that's all we're going to do. And uh, we, we try to st- stick to that formula.
3: It, um. Looking back, which have been your favorite episodes so far to talk about? My personal favorite has been the Macho and the Russo episodes for totally different reasons. I just want to know what yours were.
4: Mine was Houston because it was just so easy to talk about and it was a subject matter that we had put on polls for I don't know how many how many times <laughs> it never won a poll, even when it was just two things on the poll. It still didn't win. It lost by 1%. And once we did it and people listened to it, it's one of our most downloaded episodes ever. Plus, it's the one that I get the most comments on usually. But it it, it was my life, and it was able to reflect back on me growing up in the wrestling business and my passions throughout this whole journey. So that's my favorite, I think, because it's personal.
2: And have any of the episodes, uh, um, have you got hate with anyone because they've taken, uh, what you've said on the podcast the wrong way?
4: You know, the only person in three years almost that has ever come back with anything is Vince Russo. He's the only person.
2: And he comes back every week, doesn't he? Well,
4: I don't listen to him, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, i yeah i have him, I don't have a blog I just have him muted on my twitter and i i don't I try to not listen to the negative. I don't want to uh, people sometimes dwell on the negative and love to show you all the negative. I choose not to put that in my life and not to have the negative consume me, so I move on and listen to the positive and those that are supporting the product versus those that want to tear it down
2: that's a good well, it's a good message for general life really.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, keeping on the positive, I just recently returned from Japan on a wrestling junket. Uh, I had about an hour and a half to kill while I was inside the Tokyo Dome, and I listened to your most recent podcast at the time, and if I could review it seven stars on iTunes, I would, so it could be better in Japan. (laughs) So it was better in the Tokyo Dome? It was better. It might be just the acoustics. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was better. Disclaimer, Yeah, Bruce. well, see, there you
4: go.
2: Disclaimer, he did... Yeah, did... eight and a half stars in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Disclaimer, he did uh, sit with Meltzer for a couple of hours in, in uh, Tokyo as well, so he might be conflicted.
4: <laughs> well, see, that's your fault.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that we brought up uh, Dave Meltzer, you have a... Uh, running uh, theme with Meltzer. What's your thoughts on Dave Meltzer (laughs) and his uh, journalistic integrity?
4: Well, here's the thing. He has no journalistic integrity. That's unfortunately what, you know, quote-unquote journalism has kind of come to, and it has always been on his part uh, based on rumour and innuendo, because he would listen to people that were his friends Uh, that were in the wrestling business that may have been disgruntled or have their own message that they want to get out. He never spoke to the people that actually make the decisions and the people that were actually involved in the actual day-to-day operations. And even when he did, even when he was given access to facts and figures, he would still choose to print and report on something that a guy that bought a ticket in the fourth row would tell him versus someone that was actually there and knew facts and figures. That's my issue with Dave, is he, it's all rumor, it's all innuendo, and when he does his homework, he'll, he'll do his homework to satisfy himself. He won't do his homework to satisfy the facts, and he won't do his homework to find out the whole story. And there's always two sides to every story. So um, that's my issue with Dave. Dave's a nice guy. Um, but I, I just for so long, he was the only narrative available to people, and people inside the wrestling business internally would talk about how full of shit he is, but on on the outside... You know, there was nobody to debunk it. So when you're faced with all of this stuff, well, this is what happened. No, that's not what happened. That's maybe what people heard. That's maybe the story that got out, but it's not necessarily the truth.
2: Is it fair to say that your podcast has been good for Dave Meltzer's subscription?
4: I think it's probably boosted his subscriptions. If there's a negative byproduct of the podcast, it's making him money. <laughs>
2: Um, and you're coming out to Australia in March. What can people expect from uh, something to wrestle uh, live in Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne?
4: Well, it's going to be a one-man show, so that in and of itself is going to make it unique and it's going to get a little bit more personal, uh, my personal story. But one of the things that we do that really works in our live shows is, is, you know, I'll be telling stories that I can't necessarily tell on the podcast. Um, maybe a little more risque sometimes, but just some things that we can't share with the audience. And I like to share it in an intimate atmosphere with the live shows. All the caricatures, all the impressions, you're going to get it all. Um, and every show, the beauty of it is every show is different because we have a lot of crowd participation and i love to get that interaction with the crowd because when they ask me questions i find out what they're interested in and i'll go off on a tangent sometimes somewhere else just based on a question that i'm asked so I, i love that aspect of it i love being able to get the audience involved and have fun with it and not really know exactly where the hell i'm going but one thing i can promise is it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun
2: We do already have our tickets, and we are excited about it, I can tell you that. Awesome. Um, Which of your caricatures and your impressions is your favorite one to do?
4: Well, I think the ones that I fall into the easiest or just kind of second nature is is Dusty. I, I do Dusty all the time. I'll be in a restaurant and I'll do Dusty just because I was around him so much, and I just would would mimic him a lot and probably the other one is Vince but um those two more than any other that I could just fall into naturally and go go right into without ever really thinking about it I probably think about it more now that I do the podcast and I've done it in public so much but before that I yeah I'd always done them anyway so it's just my way of telling stories a lot of times
3: I got personal for I I love it when Johnny Ace comes on the podcast, or even Jarrett <laughs> making his chicken salad. So <laughs> they're always fun. Oh boy!
4: Yeah, Johnny Johnny Ace is another kind of easy, fun one. But uh, you know, every every single one of them that I've ever done, I've done to their face. So <laughs> it's all fair, love and war.
2: Yeah, I think Vince is my favorite, but they've all got such distinctive voices, so they lend themselves so well to. Uh imitation for you
4: yeah exactly and I was just had a long conversation with Vince about a week ago and I can't tell you how many times I did him back to him
2: (laughs) (laughs) has anyone done you back to you
4: oh you know the writers used to used to try to do me but again theirs was a caricature too and the writers, whenever they would, uh, I would get on the phone before Vince would get on the phone. They would always kind of come back and go, well, "Well, anybody got Bruce's Bruce's suggestion this week?" I know, kill it. Too much talk, kill it. And that was their imitation of me, because I would always look at the I would look at the show and go, oh, "There's too much talk in here. We need to kill this, kill this, kill this." So that was their imitation. I was a hatchet man.
2: And then with you gone, there's become too much talk again. They've only just realized they need to kill it.
4: <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly.
2: It would be remiss of us uh, not to ask you if you could give us a, a bit of a brother love uh, before we wrap up the interview because we did get a few requests from our listeners.
4: A um, uh, uh, Brother love, what do you mean?
2: Uh, a bit of an I love Hi,
4: I love you.
2: <laughs> Yes, that's what we were after. A brother love story? A brother love story would be fantastic to wrap things up.
4: Ah, oh, boy. You know, um... see, whenever you're put on the spot like this, here I am <laughs> on all these media interviews. Uh, and... And it's it's funny. It's everybody's there to ask a question. Sometimes I'll get hit with something. Go God, I have nothing off the top of my head. I think my favorite brother love story was just how it how it all started and pitching the idea to Vince, and I was so gung ho and I was so into it. And he looked at me and says, "I love it. Find me someone to do it." <laughs> and. I was just dead inside. Then I had to go on the mission to convince him that I was the guy to do it. And and that is always my favorite one because it, I was so happy. I, was, I went from elation, being so happy that he said he loved the idea, to, great, find me somebody to do it, pal. I was like, oh, man. So then I had to go into second gear and... and find a way to let him know that, no, the only person that can do this is me. Um, so that's my the brother love story.
2: Thanks a lot. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Uh, the dates for something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard live in Australia is the 22nd of March in Sydney, the 23rd in Melbourne, which is where we'll be, and the 24th of March in Brisbane, adults-only show. Get your tickets now,
4: Is it? man! I cannot wait. Australia's on my bucket list, and um, I'm looking forward to getting there and having some fun. Look forward to meeting you guys.
2: Yeah, so we it's going to be fantastic. All right, well, you guys have a great one, man. I sure do appreciate it.
1: Fabulous.
0: with the boys catching up with uh, Bruce Pritchard, Brother Love. Well done, guys. And Walshy, what are those dates for Brother Love's uh, appearances here in Melbourne? So
2: special thanks to Destroy All Lines for setting that up for us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Friday, the 22nd of March, the Factory Theatre in Sydney. Uh, Saturday, the 23rd of March, Thornbury Theatre in Melbourne. Sunday, the 24th of March, the Triffid in Brisbane. Those are all 18-plus shows. Get your tickets at lines. Is you doing an under show? No,
0: it's, he works a bit blue. Oh, okay. You like you it. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right up your alley. Tom. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, let's go on to a few other things that are happening in the world. Of just really quickly, yeah. I guess, because you, you'll be getting angry at Calm me up. about that now. That's the music that we just yes. played.
3: Yes. Correct.
0: Oh, are we playing Three. Yes, yes. Yeah. Two the, interviews. Bro, two time. interviews, I thought we'd have no, three sides. Okay, well, I'll drop that in. Yeah. yeah. So we oh, just want to right. talk about Japan again, Tony? No, let's no. just talk about no, Elliot Sexton okay. uh, reportedly signing with WWE.
2: Yeah, so I haven't been able to confirm it with anyone, but uh, the dirt sheets are reporting that Elliot is uh, going to be reporting to the Performer Centre in February with Jonah Rock. Mm.
0: Oh,
3: it's, it's, oh, it's big. It's big for the Australian scene, big for Elliot Sexton, obviously. He's the perfect... Elliot, Isn't he? Elliot Sexton has every tool to be a big star in WWE. Yeah, and a big he is a huge man.
2: Yeah, I yeah. saw him the other day at um, the after party for Wrestle Rock. I'm not convinced that we are the same species. Really? He has muscles in
0: places that I don't even have places. They could be a fa- fair tag team, Elliot Sexton and Jonah Rock.
2: Well they are. They are, they are a tag yeah. team. Yeah.
0: Sex Rock. Sex Rock. Yeah. So yeah, well, they're,
2: yeah. they're an excellent tag oh, team. Everything's
3: good. And Hopefully he's very good at the entertainment side of it as well. Um, if they can bring that to the to the forefront as well, I think he he can go he can go far. Now, Lyle, you didn't attend Wrestle Rock. What happened there? What do you mean?
2: You said you were coming.
3: No, I go back I never said I was 100% going. You
2: said you're I'm a hu- i am quote, I'm 100% going. That doesn't
3: that does not sound like You tweeted that, say. that you're on your way. Oh, that's yeah, I had car trouble. Yep, uh, my car broke down. I was in Sydney, so I had an excuse. No, I had yes. to pick Tony up from the airport. No, no. he was coming back from Sydney. I'm no getting sick uh, well, of this. Yeah. I don't think, I'm starting to think you don't like me. Are you going to Royal
2: Rumble on the 28th? Well, I'm not going to the Royal Rumble, but we are going to the, um, what's that pub called?
3: where there's Sporting, no, Sporting, Sporting Glove Club in, in, Richmond. in Richmond. Yeah, yep. Uh, Lyle says he's coming. I am 100% going. Can we, uh, can we do a podcast? Confirm that.
2: Probably not this week, but maybe not. They do every pay-per-view there. Yeah. And MCW
3: sort of are behind it, so cool. maybe we will talk to Mikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's on record, tone and recorded. 100. percent I'm going to that event. All right, beautiful. I'll be going to that too. I believe on Monday.
0: And well, uh, sorry, just go back to Wrestle Rock. Uh, what was it like? What happened?
2: Uh, it was good fun. There was a, probably one of the most violent matches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Was the death match between Jimmy Havoc and Mad Dog, and uh, yeah, that was um, quite the, quite the violent affair. And there are special shout out to, uh, to Avery and Vixen, who also um, I, they were going into cactuses, and hey. yeah, yeah. Vixen's face went into a cactus, and Avery went through a table with barbed wire. So prickly? those girls, those girls
3: laid it all on the line. How, how was the? Uh, I heard there was an after party. There was an after party. Yeah, did you? And know? it was fun. Yes, yep. I did go. Yeah, Lyle wasn't there. Hey, you were too
0: drunk. I, I was. I was there. Uh now, have we got an, an announcement here to make in regards to a uh, pause? Now, this is really exciting. We have some amazing news coming out from Underworld, and we don't get too many They've exclusives a- on this program, but we've got one right here, guys, haven't we?
2: Yeah, so the secret venue for the next show, which you can only, you, you're you only meant to be able to find out if you buy a ticket, um, I'm going to give it away. No, you're not. They wouldn't let me join the claw. I'm giving it away. Oh! If this if this comes Rebellion. back, and Mark
3: Williamson is coming to get us.
2: The Dream Lab in Reservoir is the venue, and it's incredible. You enter through a false wardrobe, like you're going to Narnia, and then you go into this little laboratory room. It's oh. underground. It's fantastic. Um, There's a joint like that? Yeah. So the Dream Lab. Google it. And if you still don't want to go to Underworld, you've got rocks in your head. It's um, it's incredible. We're also giving away a ticket. Are we really? Yeah. A ticket? A ticket. One. If you want to pay for one, we can give away... T- no, no. You've no, got a spare no, one.
3: No, I, I have a spare one. We can give away two. We can give away, away two tickets. We're giving away two tickets. No, no. We'll give away two. We're giving away two tickets. Why don't I just get the spare one? No, no. We, well, get, we pay for, for
2: our, our tickets. tickets. Oh, okay. They'll yeah. pay for We're giving away two tickets to Underworld. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win it, is to share our show post on our Facebook page and tag one of your friends on our page.
0: So easy. That's very do that, easy. and
2: you and your friend, who you tag, ticket
0: each to under. We're going to announce that winner next week? We are. All right, beauty. Excellent. Easy. Upcoming show, Saturday, December the 26th. <laughs> Did you write that? Well, I didn't change the December, obviously. It's obviously January. <laughs> It's good to see the run sheets haven't changed, though. Oh, goodness me. PCW have their grand final of their summer you series. you saw it and still read it. Well, because I trust you. Never again. Uh, PCW have their grand final of their summer series in Tree Gully with Lucas Daniels taking on Sid Parker.
2: First time they've ever wrestled each other. Really? Yes. There's a reason for that. Uh, because-
0: NAW Pure <laughs> is on England. What's the reason?
2: I want to know the reason, and I'm going to tell Sid. Because Sid is going to get
0: absolutely smashed. No, is we- he? Because Sid... Yeah. Is- He's into dinosaur. He's a fucking dinosaur. No, I understand that, but he will get smashed. Uh AWF is also on in Marrickville. If you uh, and
2: NAW pure is no, on I in Glenroy.
0: I oh, did just. I didn't hear. I was too busy talking. Just to make sure, in case you didn't hear that, NAW pure is on in Glenroy. If you have an upcoming show that you want us to promote, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be more than happy to oblige. Can you give us a like and a review wherever you're listening to the
3: podcast as well? Help well, people stars, find hopefully. us? Yeah, we will. Oh, uh, that's it, guys. Someone, Someone gave show. us one star. Is it, oh. is it? Just go back to that Sid Parker comment. <laughs> yeah. You, do you know Lucas Daniels from a previous? It seems you look after your mates on this podcast a lot, Tony. You're playing favourites. You? Well, someone has too. You guys hate him. yeah oh, Lucas Daniels has done great things oh, in PCW. PC also, uh,
2: also, if you get a chance, check out JXT's podcast. He's yes. got two. His last two episodes is a double episode um, interview with Lobo. Um, it's the best Australian podcast episode that I have heard. Yes. We could um, have had
3: Lobo. You didn't want Lobo. We do want. We do
2: want Lobo. Lobo says he doesn't know you.
3: To us, yeah, yeah. He knows a Tom. <laughs>
2: he said Tom, Tom, Sinecki, Sinecki, or something. <laughs> Kinecki.
0: We done. It's good to have you back, Tony. No, it's fantastic to be back. <laughs> uh, we'll do it again. Who have we got next week? Carlo Cannon. Carlo Cannon. Cash money. One of the premier trainers in this country and a fantastic wrestler. Fantastic. Look forward to it, guys. Catch you then another episode of On the Turnbuckle, Done and Dusted. We'll see you again next week.